Next Step 731, June 9th, 2022. Hi there, this is Susie from In His Shoes Ministries. Thanks for tuning into the Next Step with Father Vazgen. We are the voice of Armadoxy, a weekly podcast started in 2008 that looks at life through the lens of Armenian Orthodoxy. If you're joining us for the first time, we're so glad you're here, and if you're a regular listener, welcome back. In these weekly episodes, you will find that Father Vazgen's messages are timely, thought-provoking, and based on the solid principles of Christ's love, faith, and hope. Now, let's get ready to take the next step. Well, welcome to the next step. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're feeling well. I hope you're not in Southern California because it is a scorcher. It is so hot over here. And I know we're getting ready for summer. At least all of us say, yes, thank you. Thank you for reminding me. Yes, those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, for all our dear listeners down under, congratulations, winter is coming, right? For all of you in Australia, New Zealand, and and, and South America, you guys don't get the down under title as often as we should, right? Anyway, for all of you, get ready for winter. I would take a bit of that winter right now. That's how hot it is right now. But no matter where you are, I hope you're comfortable for the next hour. Turn up the AC, relax. Unless you're driving, do not relax. Keep your eye on the road. But you may certainly turn up the volume. (laughs) Do that. Our guest today, Dr. Marina Mkhitaryan Lazaradu. Dr. Mkhitaryan, I met just a couple weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, at an art exhibit, at an exhibit of her photography. And she introduced us also to her skills as someone who produces these beautiful documentaries, beautiful in the sense that they open the door for conversation and thought about peace. Where do you find that peace? Interestingly enough, and ironically, in one of the worst war zones possible. All war zones are horrible. All of them can qualify for the worst. But why is this one particularly the worst? Why Why do I give it that qualifier? Because think about it. It's a war zone that nobody knows about. Nobody cares about. And of course I'm talking about Artsakh. Nagorno-Karabakh as they say it in the international community. Which we to, our, to us as Armenians has, has struck a nerve, especially in the last couple years since the fighting broke out in 2020. But certainly this was nothing new, so, something that has continued an ongoing struggle for a very sacred piece of earth that, that holds really, truly a key to peace. And um, as we've said many times, the focus of our faith is that peace. And it was just so refreshing to meet someone from the scientific community, from the scientific community who tapped into her ability to translate what she sees around her in a beautiful art form. And let me not say anything more. Let's just jump right into this conversation that I had in studio with Dr. Marina Mkhitaryan Lazaradu.
we what we have with us today, Dr. Marina Mukhitarya. She is here to do to share with the world actually what's going on in a very unique spot in the world, sometimes unnoticed. And uh, I had a chance to see this this exhibition a couple of weeks ago. And I shared with you, my listeners at that time, how impressed I was. And I told you that we were going to try to get Dr. Mukhitaryan to be here on the show. And I'm very happy that she's joining us today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Teravaskin. Thank you for being with us. I want to start off by letting you give us the narrative. Who are you? Where do you come from? And what is this work that you're doing? I am Dr. Marina Mahitarian, and in memory of my Greek mother, usually for my artistic uh, mission, I use Dr. Marina Mahitarian Lazaridou. Uh, I am Doctor of Sciences. My uh, background is scientific, very strong scientific background. I graduated from Yerevan State University, physics department, and my PhD was on the crossroad of uh, theoretical physics, mathematics, and mathematical physics, mathematical modeling. But um, for me, it was interesting to understand the laws of the universe. That's why uh, I was studying very hard, and when I was just 27, I received my PhD thesis uh, level uh, degree and after that uh, I decided to turn to archaeology and I did twice postdoctoral uh, studies at the Ghent University as you know this is Daniel Varoujan University Belgium and uh, the second postdoctoral in archaeology I pursued at Aristotle University of Thessaloniki. Uh, why I turned uh, to archaeology because for me it was important to understand the material evidence of these laws and uh, if somebody reads my bio it's difficult to understand why this person is so dynamic and always try to change from one field to another but it is very simple so after that um, I was working for Mother Sea of Holy Azin. And uh, I was working as uh, the personnel director after that, deputy personnel director, almost for 15 years. And uh, during these years, for me, it was very important, very crucial, vital to understand the spiritual perpetuum mobile of human beings. So that's why I started in 2007 documentary photography projects. My first photography, documentary photography project was dedicated to the Hellenes of Armenia in loving memory of my Greek mother. So in 2007, I went to Artsakh. Uh, there is one Greek village there, Mehmana. Unfortunately, there are no Greeks already living in this village, but it's very nice and uh, it is located in the forest, Martakert region. It is still under Armenian control, but uh, there are no Greeks there. But of course, there is um, a Greek necropolis there, Greek cemetery. Um, there are people with Greek uh, roots there living in Artsakh. And uh, my, uh, let's say, long journey in the field of documentary photography started. 
I authored uh, six uh, documentary photography projects, and in 2015, uh, when we marked the Armenian Genocide Centennial, I did a last a large uh, project on three genocides: Armenian, Greek, and Assyrian. I traveled throughout Armenia. I met with the survivors of the Armenian genocide, seven survivors, and their descendants. I showed them. Uh, they shared with me their family stories. Uh, they shared with me archival documents, photographs. I traveled a lot to, um, in the. I was in the villages, um, neighboring with the Armenian state, Armenian-Turkish state border. So for me, it was interesting to understand the psychology of people who settled down there. And um, I would like to share with you one story. In the village of uh, Markara, this is neighboring village. Uh, I was talking to the grandfather who was 90 years old and he said to me marina we came here we settled down here because one day we thought that the border uh, would be opened and we would go home and i started to think that what is home for people from the genocide survivors in general for armenians what is home because my family name, the Armenian family name, Mkhitaryan, as you know, Mkhitaryan is consolation. My Armenian grandfather, he was an orphan from Mush. Just a seven, eight years old boy with another orphans arrived to Armenia, found refuge in the homeland, and he adopted the family name Mkhitaryan. It was a consolation that he arrived uh, his uh, homeland. From another side, Lazarus, as far as I know, in Hebrew means God is my helper. So these spiritual beginnings from both sides, they rooted in my soul. And um, I opened an exhibition at the Yerushe Charens Museum in Yerevan in 2015 on the 26th of April dedicated to these three genocides. And the main uh, idea, the highlight of this project was, can memory trigger a genocide prevention? Mm. Um, as we remember the quote of uh, Wiesel, that uh, without memory, there is no future, no culture, no civilization. I understood that memory is our collect collective memory when we see the Armenians visiting the Armenian Genocide Memorial on the 24th of April every year, we understand that our collective memory is Armenian identity. This is very important for us, not only to understand, but to feel, to understand that we have to protect this, because collective memory of course, this is something uh, out of time, but uh, our belonging to our nation, to our roots, it must be kept and protected. For me, this is my personal opinion, and um, I had two exhibitions now in May in Los Angeles under the auspices of His Eminence uh, Archbishop Hovnan Derderian in Los Angeles, and the second exhibition was in 
New York at the Eastern Diocese. And for me, it was important to cross the U.S. with these my photographic exhibitions dedicated to Artsakh. This is was not only my personal exhibition because I have already 10 exhibitions and I am a scientist with artistic, let's say, uh, uh, interests. But for me, it was in, important to spread the, the word for Artsakh because this is not one-time action. I founded um, NGO in Armenia, uh, Action for Peace. So, Action for Peace is not one-time, let's say, action. It's a mission. And uh, I consider these my two exhibits dedicated to Artsakh in the U.S. as Action for Peace. Uh, if I continue, so about the collective uh, memory and our identity, uh, why I talk about home, identity. In ancient Greek, there is one uh, word, nostos. It means house coming. And um, I interpret it, house coming, roots, identity. Uh, for us, and personally for me, the Armenian church, Armenian church in general, is the only institution, national institution, uh, for keeping, uh, which keeps and protects our national identity. Historically, it was proved, and my personal opinion, that in nowadays in Armenia, uh, this is the only institution which keeps and protects Armenian identity. Proceeding from this, this is already became my life uh, philosophy. I showed my first documentary in Artsakh, and it calls uh, in Armenian Takrek, this is uh, Takrek Saim Hohne. I translated Nostos, this is my homeland. Takrek in Armenian dialect uh, means roots because it expressed the belonging of these people to their land to the fullest. It is a short documentary, just 10 minutes, but uh, I try to express my feelings in these highlands. When Artsakh people uh, say, we are our mountains, this feeling uh, is everywhere in these highlands, in the air, in the fields, and it embrace, uh, embraces your soul to the fullest. And as I like to say, without roots, there are no wings, really. This is uh, something which doesn't need a proof. Well, let's get into some of this because I, I appreciate what you've given us, the background of who you are, what you're doing. But, you know, we have a worldwide audience right now. We have people who aren't Armenian. We have people who have never heard but are joining us because they see that there is an opportunity there to connect with something greater than themselves. And I, I think this is a great point right here. We are our mountains. We know that when you go into Artsakh, this is a, a, a way of speaking people. It's not just a 
a slogan that they throw around, but it's something that they believe. And certainly they have the Mamik Babik there that says this is our, our mountains. Can you explain, can we analyze this? Why is it that these people understand themselves as the mountains, whereas I, as an American sitting here in America, I would never say, I am my mountain, I am my ground. What is it about Artsakh? Uh, thank you for a good question. And um, I would like uh, to start from 2013. Uh, I opened an exhibition in Shushi, photographic exhibition. For me, it was very important to do something for the people of Artsakh in 2013. And uh, it was titled, titled, My Heart is in the Highlands. As I said, let's say, I am half Armenian, half Greek. When I am in Greece, I feel that my soul is in the Aegean, in the sea. When I'm in Armenia and Artsakh, I feel the presence of these highlands. When I go to Artsakh, you f this is a unique feeling because everywhere are highlands. And uh, when you keep silence, you look at these highlands. I try now to express my feelings through my photography usually, but now I try to see my photographs and to read them. So photographs speak because every tree, every uh, medieval uh, grave surrounding the Armenian churches there, all this creates a special feeling of peace. And when people say we are our mountains, it means their soul reflects this. They um, belong to these uh, highlands. Perhaps I explain to some extent, but usually in our dialogue with nature, with God, what surrounds us, it reflects in our philosophy. Hmm. So if we are surrounded by mountains by highlands and we in our dialects with god of course we feel that we are part of this nature we are part of what was created by god so we are our mountains uh, at your at your uh, lecture the other night you gave such a beautiful story and i i wish you would repeat it over here about the tree and you made the point of saying that the deep um the largest most deeply rooted tree is not in siberia it's not yeah i remember that and i wish if you could uh say it in the way that you presented it that night you were talking about those roots you were talking about those yes it was a very interesting uh, place uh, where I was uh, shot for my documentary. Uh, I was shot next to uh, St. Yegeshe Church, which is above uh, Sos village, Martuni region. The place is very nice. Um, there is very nice medieval necropolis surrounding the church. And um, from there, you see infinity and eternity of these highlands. I like these two words together, not only infinity or not only eternity, but infinity and eternity, it gives not only four-dimension space. 
I mean space plus time, but it gives fifth dimension the presence of God. So this is uh, uh, something new, let's say, fifth dimension. This is a dialogue with God when you are in these mountains. Uh, and um, this infinity and eternity gives not only the endless uh, feeling, but these feelings go to the depths of our globe, uh, goes to roots, because uh, roots are very important. Tree cannot, when roots are deep and strong, this tree is eternal. This tree, like 2,000 years old tree there, which calls in Artsakh, which calls uh, Platanius Orientalis in Armenian Tanjiri. And I call this, and I named this uh, tree Bible of Artsakh, because it is 2,000 years, almost as Christianity, proclaiming uh, Christianity as a state religion in Armenia. And uh, I was there next to this tree. Um, you feel not like I am a human being and this is eternal tree, but uh, you feel unity with this tree. So the deep and strong roots give uh, to anybody the feeling of belonging, mm. the feeling of unity. And this is very important for Armenians to be united because without unity, we can do nothing. Only united, we are strong. We are strong in Armenia, we are strong in Artsakh, we are strong in diaspora. And uh, in 2020, in September, I visited Artsakh with my own program, Women of Artsakh, War, Identity and Peace. And um, I went there, I interviewed 45 uh, women, starting from villagers up to ministers. And uh, I was so inspired. I learned so much from these beautiful women. And I understood that not only where our mountains is a vital uh, energy of Artsakh, but because there are so nice, so beautiful, so strong women live in Artsakh that this country will always blossom. And um, I was asking them uh, questions related to the first Artsakh War, 92-94. Then um, I was asking them what is for them identity, how they educate their children, uh, how they understand peace. And um, one uh, lady said, finally, my dream became, uh, my dream come, came true, and I was baptized, and I went uh, to the front line with cross and uh, with strong soul that this is my homeland and I have to protect. I speak as well uh, with children, and uh, when I came back, my last, uh, my, on my return way, I visited Dadivank. I never was in Dadivank, 
but uh, I uh, started my first visit uh, to Artsakh. My first trip was on uh, 15 years ago. And it, for me, it was interesting to see this uh, treasure of the Armenian spiritual uh, life. But I couldn't accept that in one week the war will start and uh, we will, uh, in fact, uh, lose this uh, daddy bank. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we will consider this as uh, a lost heritage. Uh, for me, um, of course, I am not a romantic person. I am an artist, and my vast photo collection comprises a few thousand photos, I mean, 10, 15,000, related only to Artsakh. I mean, this is a result of my uh, 10, 12 years of uh, shooting, taking photographs. But now, at this state, I understand that I want to turn to filmmaking. Mm. Because um, my first, let's say, uh, attempt was uh, successful. The most important for this documentary was uh, the following. The cameraman uh, is from the village Sos. And uh, I appreciate this. I don't know why, but uh, the first documentary is very important because uh, this is, let's say, rooted uh, in the life of these people. Because the second part of the documentary, as you remember, was shot in the village source. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to the villagers about their roots, about their home. And uh, I have already some ideas connected with the second, my documentary. And uh, I want to shoot one documentary, Greeks of Nagorno-Karabakh, because um, the Greek community has 300 years uh, history, but unfortunately, uh, as I said, there are no many Greeks, so this is will be some kind of documentation, some kind of conservation of this uh, history, of history of these people. Well, this is a good time to take a break. And get ready for part two in just a couple moments. Uh, just also a reminder that what we spoke about, there will be links on today's show notes. Do check out the show notes because there'll be links to Dr. Mokhitaryan's work, to her articles, to her artwork, to her um, to her documentaries. So you do want to make use of those show notes. Okay, every week we play a song of the day. It gives us a time to digest a little bit of what we've been uh what we've been talking about, and also to feature some great, great music. Today, something brand new from Serge Tankian. It comes out as a feature called Amber, called uh, Clouds. He does it in Armenian language, calling for unity and harmony among the people. Here's Serge Tankian. Dashkina govtsats kvats lerner menken karot menken karot tanaga harvats yergirmer menken karot menken karot dashinkner agavagel menken karot menken karot da 
Vaishnamur Zerkista Korel, Zenken Kerov, Zenken Kerov, Nerdashnagutian, Menken Karod. Serge Tonkian, unmistakable voice of Serge Tonkian, and he is being accompanied by an Armenian singer named Sevak Amroyan. And I'm reading, I'm reading this of all places on Rolling Stone's website, <laughs> rollingstone.com. So it's kind of interesting that uh, he brought this discussion to Rolling Stone because it is really a not not so much that it's an Armenian song, but it is a message to the Armenian people about about unity and harmony, and uh, just beautiful tune. And I think he did it in a very classy way. So wanted to share that with you. And that is brand new. Let's see, what's the date on this? June 6th. Okay, so two days ago. Doesn't get newer than that, right? <laughs> anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. I will have a link on today's show notes to the Rolling Stone article as well as to the song. Do check it out. As I always remind you, support these artists. They bring together so much more than just harmony. They bring 
an opportunity for us to feel. And now we return back to our interview with Dr. Marina Mkhitaryan Lazarad. back you're, you're saying uh, you're not romantic but a lot of the pictures that you took had romantic overtones and I want to focus on two of the pictures that you shared that night ones that were very um, meaningful one was the little teddy bear um, mm-hmm. and the other one was the suitcase yeah, yeah. can we talk about both yes, of those yes. okay I think one was to the children the other one was the Armenian persona yeah, yeah, right yeah um when I tell that I am not a romantic, love to Artsakh has many layers. But the most important, in my opinion, there are two layers of this love. One love is love as an absolute, because this is Armenian spirited uh, land, country, with Armenian identity. And I love this country. I love these people. And in this point of view, I am a romantic person because I love in general everyone, every dog, every cat in, on this land. But from another side, love to Artsakh must be functional. And we Armenians or people uh, who belong to any humanitarian mission, etc., we must do something functional for these people. The photographs you mentioned, I took these photographs in the war-torn house in the yard in Stepanakert. It was January 2021. So I visited uh, Artsakh just uh, after three months when uh, on the 9th of uh, November this agreement was signed. When I saw this suitcase, it reminds me the Armenian fate, that we are always refugees. I mean, uh, historically, it goes through history, this international trauma. And uh, that's why this is the most favorite photograph of my photographic exhibition. And another one, this kit, uh, uh, toy. It reminds me one picture. I don't remember the photographer, but in Syria during the war, five years old uh, girl, she keeps her doll and she closed the eyes of her doll in order that the toy will not see what is going on. I mean, to prevent this hardship, this tragedy. And uh, for me, when I took this photo, the highlight behind this was idea, behind every photograph, there is idea, there are feelings. And uh, I wanted uh, to say that every war is against children. Every war is against women. That's why for any photographer, it's very essential that photograph, photographs speak. They tell the story of the Second Artsakh War. And, uh, of course, this is unacceptable because uh, peace 
must be everywhere. And, and uh, it's an ongoing thing. As you said earlier, it's not about just this project, but peace has to be our ultimate goal. Yes, right? yeah. yes. And peace is not uh, only the absence of the war. Peace is uh, a creative process, peace building. And uh, it is not only one day result. And that's why I consider my these two photographic exhibitions with this documentary screening, because... Uh, this is what uh, I screened here for the first time. And in, for me, it was important with these photographs to express my, uh, uh, let's say, not patriotic feelings, but uh, my belonging to this Armenian uh, land, to Armenia, to Artsakh, um, to the fullest. When Why I recalled 2020? In September 2020, I visited the Granakert. This is archaeological site in Artsakh. And um, on my return way to Stepanakert, I saw uh, pomegranate trees. Mm. And I shot one, uh, three pomegranates together. And for me, this is symbolizes Artsakh, Armenia, and diaspora. The unity of these three uh, structures. So this, let's say, Holy Trinity, it gives inspiration for every Armenian to do something uh, good for their country, for Armenia, for Artsakh. I think um, you you make the point so uh, so beautifully in in your artwork and today in articulating these ideas. That is the Holy Trinity for us, and uh, that is a reality of how to bring about the peace. Yeah. But not only Holy Trinity, because I am a very spiritual person, and it comes from my Greek mother. Um, yeah, but again. In 2021, this is my, I opened already three photographic exhibitions in the United States. And um, in 2011, I opened the photographic exhibition at the Greek Consulate in New York. And it was in loving memory of my Greek mother. Mother's love is a blessing. I said this is at the opening ceremony as well. Mother's love is a prayer to all of us. And Artsakh has this mother's love aroma. So that's why we have to give a voice to this love. And it's time to give a voice. So these two photographic exhibitions, they are in tune with my uh, these philosophical ideas, with my philosophy. And... Uh, I am very grateful to all the organizers and to the two Armenian church uh, dioceses here in the United States that uh, my uh, professional dream came true and I could extend my message to the people, not only to the Armenians, but to the people who are interested in Armenian life, in Armenian history, and uh, I think war everywhere has the same face. But uh, because I would like to as well to recall here about another video, and I would like to ask you to uh, insert this link to this video as well, Artsakh, power of prayer, because when I say we are our mountains, this means that... I listen to the prayers 
of these mountains as well at the same time. Nat- I pray with the nature as well. And um, here the highlight of this video where I use my photographs and uh, mobile uh, video videos that history of the Armenian people is a prayer for survival. Of course, I'm in the age when maybe I will not witness, let's say, renaissance or blossoming of the Armenian people in Armenia and Artsakh, but uh, my dream as a person, as an individual with Armenian roots, I would like to see that we not only survive, but we blossom as well. I mean, we cannot live only with past because I know from, uh, let's say, another, uh, from ancient uh, history, from that all ancient nations, they like to emphasize uh, that they have a great past. But because we are very dynamic, we are very intellectual, so we must witness blossoming. If you don't mind, can we go into a little bit of the philosophical background that you that you just hit on? But I want to get, because, you know, you're at the crossroads, you said, at physics and mathematics, and those who listen to our show knows why this really appeals to me. But you say, if you think about the dimensions, we, we had a three-dimensional world, and then as, as we evolved, we saw that, oh, it all functions within time. And so we, we know that there is a fourth dimension. But now you said that the fifth dimension is the presence of God. And I want to just think philosophically, if we have evolved to that point where we can see or understand a fifth dimension, the presence of God, wasn't that always the case in the past like in other words are we evolving or this was something that the ancients already knew that the presence of god was the fifth the fifth dimension <laughs> that was again this is my uh, let's say vision my perception of the world of the universe and um, when i graduated from the special school for the gifted children the mathematical school of yerevan state university during the soviet times i couldn't imagine that one day i will speak ab- about spiritual values because i was a person who loved mathematics these numbers physics and for me, everything was modeling. So we have conditions, we have the problem, we clarified the problem, and we have the algorithm of solution. And we come to the end. But um, for me, it always was interesting the following question. Can a scientist be spiritual? Because this is, let's say, two sides of one uh, question i mean from different sides and when i was uh, 39 i was baptized and i was baptized by the very uh, famous armenian theologian the of blessed memory uh, archbishop uh, dr mesrop krikorian the pontifical legate uh, of the central uh, europe, europe and sweden and for me, it was very important that 
as a scientist, I started to understand that these um, proofs, axioms of science, they cannot breathe without spiritual uh, spiritual air. That's why I came to theology. I even was thinking uh, to become a theologian, but I did my PhD, I did twice postdoctoral, so I thought it's enough, and I turned to photography. Why I turned to photography? Because for me, words are not enough to express my feelings, to express my understanding, my vision, uh, perception of uh, these difficult uh, lines which are in the ideas, in the spiritual life. Mm. For example, when I was in New York, uh, I uh, um, it was different. The exhibition there, we named Artsakh, Angel of Peace, because this is, was my uh, first lecture, illustrated lecture, at the Artsakh State University. Because every time when I go to Artsakh, I try to meet, if there is an opportunity, to meet with young people. I love to share my thoughts and I love to be heard. And I learn every time when I speak to them. Because they are very uh, spiritual young people. And for me, Angel of Peace, I have one photography, Angel of Ghazan Chetzot, and there are birds above of this angel. Mm. And uh, for me, every mother, every mother's prayer is the angel of peace. Every soldier who protects borders of Artsakh is the angel of peace. A smile of every child of Artsakh is the angel of peace. So the, the angel of peace is a collective image of Artsakh. That's why, talking about this fifth dimension, I would say that the fifth dimension is the base, is the fundamental dimension, because if we take from uh, the fifth, uh, five, we have five dimensions, but one of them is the main dimension. Mm -hmm. So this is the fifth dimension, the divine dimension. And the four are, let's say, mini vectors of this system. I think um, it sounds very nice. It sounds very nice. And the most important that I was inspired by our conversation and this uh, idea was, um, let's say, in the house of God was expressed. Mm -hmm. This is very important. Mm -hmm. Why doesn't the world know about this? Why doesn't the world know about the treasures that we have in Artsakh? Like today you can open up a television, you can open up the internet and have thousands of programming about something in Egypt, in Israel and everything. And here we have Armenia, this small little area. Why, why, doesn't, why isn't there interest in this area? As a, from the marketing point of view, maybe the marketing is not... Uh, let's say uh, so we, went to we don't have a great marketing yes. yeah 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 <laughs> i mean maybe i simplify the situation but uh, we have to talk that's why for me it was important to come here and from los angeles to new york to open these two 
exhibitions. Well, we really appreciate it. And um, I want to use this last few minutes that we have together for you to make um, some announcement of how do people get in touch with you or able. We will have all of these links. Everything that Dr. talks about here will be in our show notes. I would like to just, uh, because I didn't mention this part of my bio, and this is very important, that before turning uh, to my mission in zones of war and conflict and founding this uh, NGO, Action for Peace, I was working in the Netherlands and Cyprus in the field of cultural uh, heritage protections in zones of war and conflict. And I visited the Turkish occupied part of Cyprus five or six times. And um, I have one documentary photography project, uh, piece and photography about Artsakh and the Turkish occupied part of Cyprus. So I have five websites. And uh, I think if you have space under this uh, uh, interview, just uh, insert these links and you have my email address. Please feel free to use this mail address as well. And I will be blessed to, to respond to anyone if they have really interesting questions. I have a YouTube channel uh, and uh, I am an open-minded person and I can uh, have dialogues with Turkish people, with everyone. As um, I would like to, it's not uh, so... Um, usual, but usually because I travel a lot and my work uh, is everywhere. In Jeep, in spirit, I am gypsy <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I think uh, your uh, our listeners will appreciate my sense of humor. In heart, I am Greek. In prayers, I am Armenian because this is very important, as uh, Lord Byron said. Armenian is a language to talk to God. And uh, in mind, I am a citizen of the world. So I would be blessed and happy if our listeners will ask me any question. But I am thinking already to have a more um, dynamic YouTube channel. And maybe I will start my programs on my YouTube channel. Because I feel that it's time to share thoughts. Maybe it's already uh, my philosophy very de- is very deep and very comprehensive. And I have to share because it's interesting to hear not only my own thoughts, but to understand how they are in a dialogue with other people. So it will be interesting to have their feedback. Thank you for... I, I just appreciate this so much. We can go on for a long time and our, we're caught up by the clock, but uh, what a pr- privilege and an honor to be able to speak to you, to see your things, and my first time that I've been with a gypsy Greek Armenian citizen of the world. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for being with us. God bless you. Lots of blessings. Bless. Thank you. Thank you. Before getting back to the next step with Father Vazgen, I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you that this ministry is supported through the heartfelt donations of listeners like you. Thanks for keeping us in your prayers and partnering with this expanding and dynamic outreach. The next step is entering homes and communities with a solid message proclaiming God's message of love, forgiveness, and compassion. 
We look forward to your comments and words of encouragement. Please consider partnering in this dynamic ministry by making a contribution. By pressing on the donate button on our website, you can set up automatic donations, either weekly, monthly, or annually. Your donation goes a long way in furthering this ministry. Even more, tell your friends and family by sharing the Next Step link or website with them. We're on iTunes and Blueberry as well as Facebook and Twitter. We are excited about this ministry and invite you to share in our enthusiasm. This is Susie wishing you all of God's blessings in your life. We now return to the next step with Father Vosgen. Hey, thank you, Susie, for that announcement. And thank you to all of you, our listeners, for your kind thoughts and prayers, your support. You know, that goes a long way in keeping us going. It motivates us. I love hearing from you. I may not get back to you right away, but I read every one of your emails. Thank you so much. Listen, uh, we have a lot of things going on. June 18th happens to be the anniversary of The Next Step. We will be starting the 15th year of uh, broadcasting. That means we finish our 14th year next week, next Thursday, after which we're going to be changing gears a little bit. Our social media platforms will be consolidating and coming all under the umbrella of of epostle.net and actually there'll be an announcement there'll be a press release that should be going out hopefully um, early next week but definitely in time for the next step uh, the 15th year edition so watch for that that's coming up on a personal note let's see this sunday i will be at the san diego saint sarkis church celebrating the divine liturgy if you happen to be out there and the surf is good you know come by for for church and then uh, well I'd, I'd tell you i'd join you afterwards but i gotta hit another spot afterwards but do get there i understand that the liturgy begins at 10 o'clock so we should be done by um, 11 30 12 looking forward to seeing you okay that does it for today's show dr marina mojitarian i hope you enjoyed that interview please check out the show notes there will be links all kinds of links to uh, how you can get in touch with her how you can connect with her to see her work to see what she's doing because it is a visual experience i hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed producing it for you i want to thank you for joining us on behalf of my producer Susie and myself Father Voskin. I look forward to seeing you again next week when we will take the next step. And now here's the fine print. The information and comments presented within this podcast and our website do not necessarily represent the views of the Armenian Church hierarchy, but are presented as a challenge to define the dynamics of Armenian Orthodoxy in all aspects of life. Listening to these shows is habit-forming. Addictive behavior associated with the next step is rarely, if ever, remedied. Rather, the next step is known to relieve and cure common cases of narrow-mindedness, prejudice, numbskullness, and glaucoma in patients over the age of 20. Results may vary depending on credit rating. Findings are based on double-blind studies conducted in Istanbul and Jerusalem. Side effects include mind expansion, clarity of focus, higher rates of heart palpitations, sensitivity to the pain of others, and occasional nausea. Demandment and production crew vpostle.net take full responsibility for changes you will experience. Not valid with any other offer. I forgot to ask you if uh, you're seeing the same sky as we are. Uh, Bye.